This is the Sibling Library Podcast. You will know when to start listening when you hear the chimes ring like this. Let's begin now. Happy September, listeners. Welcome to Sibling Library. We have a sweet little nugget of a show for you today. I'm going to be hosting. My name is Katie, and on my virtual right is Julia. Julia, say hello. Hello. And on my virtual left is Megan. Megan, say hello. Hello. <laughs> that was a little bit of an ad lib on what we normally do, but I we, we normally I wanted to... play chicken on who's going to say their name next. After <laughs> I, I, I decided to just. I usually win that, that game. <laughs> Wait, do you win the game if you say it first or if you say it last? It depends, I guess, what game you're if playing. If it's chicken, maybe I lose that game. I think I you lose. I but usually say it first. I think it's who says it last wins. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so already fought on a tangent. <laughs> All right, let's get it back on the rails. So we've got a sweet little nugget of a show scheduled for you today. And we're going to be honoring Roald Dahl for the month of September because it's his birthday this month. In addition to that, we're going to wrap up our summer because that's coming to a close as well and talk about some of the summer reading that we've completed. So, Megan, I think you've got some material prepared for us to share a little bit of background on Roald Dahl, um, and you did a little research that you're going to tell our listeners about. I I do have some nuggets to add to our nugget of a show about Roald Dahl. <laughs> um Julia actually shared an article with me. I didn't do any additional research, so my history telling probably will not be as robust as when Katie typically does it, but uh, here we go. Um, so he was born in 1916, so he turned turns 105 this month. Um, and reading about his background was a little, like, I was not expecting how dark and difficult his childhood and young adulthood were. Um, when he was a like a young child, he lost both his sister and his father in very close succession. Um, one of his sisters, he had other siblings, but um, it was his father's dying wish that uh, they he and his other siblings and his mom all stay in England. They're originally from Wales, but that they all stay in England because his father felt that they would get a better education there. Um, so because of that, they they did, um, even though his mother would have gotten a lot more support and help if they had gone back to Wales. But one of the things he remembers most from his childhood or his education through English schools was how uh, heavy-handed they were with the cane. Um, basically they did a lot of, a lot of corporal punishment, um, and he felt it was, while sometimes it was, you know, like fair, it was mostly just teachers going on a power trip. Um, and he also had a lot of experiences with bullies in school. Another item or experience that stood out for him with his childhood schooling was one of his schools had a partnership with the Cadsbury Chocolate Company, and they would send them, um, send the children boxes of chocolate to test, basically. So they would get, periodically, they would get a bunch of Cadsbury chocolate, chocolate to test and tell them their thoughts on it. 
Um, yeah, which also kind of lead, I mean, the bullying and the mean teachers kind of, you can see that playing out in his, in his children's novels, but you can also see the, the chocolate playing out in his children's novels too. So very strong themes. Yes. Yeah. I thought that was kind of cool. Um, and then one, he didn't go to college. He ended up joining the army and was a pilot in the Royal Air Force during World War II. Um, and he was injured in a crash landing. Um, obviously he survived, but after that he got interviewed by someone, um, in Washington, D.C., just about his experience in the war and in the Royal Air Force. And the interview went long enough that they weren't able to finish and get through all the questions. So Roald Dahl asked the reporter if he would like him to, you know, write up the rest of the story and send it to him. Well, what he wrote up was like really, really good. And the reporter was like, have you ever thought of writing? So that's kind of how he got into writing. Um. And then moving on, he ended up marrying um, an actress in New York, Patricia Neal. Um, I don't know anything that she was ever in, though. Do you know? Have you ever heard of her, Julia? That name sounds familiar, and I think I know a movie she was in, but I want to do a little Googling on the side while you continue. Okay. Um, so yeah, he married Patricia Neal and she was an actress in New York. So they kind of split their time between New York and England. They would spend most of the year in New York and then they would summer in England until their son, Theo was hit by a cab. Um, and he survived. Um, but he did have some lingering health issues afterwards. He survived. Um, but Dahl felt that New York was not a safe enough place to raise children. So they ended up moving to England uh, permanently. Um, And when things were getting better for his son, his oldest daughter ended up dying from complications of the measles. So like I said, he he didn't have like a a cheery, chipper life. Um, And then... After his daughter died, his wife ended up experiencing a bunch of strokes, um, which put some of the financial pressure on Roald Dahl to to go back and to because this was before he was a prolific writer. Um, and he ended up writing screenplays for um, a James Bond movie and then also. Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. I had no idea that he was one of the screenwriters for Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. I thought that was kind of cool. Yeah, I didn't know that either. Yeah. Um, and then it turned... So after that, he, he got more into, you know, writing short stories and writing novels. And he wasn't apparently the easiest writer to work with. Um, and he got dropped by his publisher... Um, Knopf, Alfred A. Knopf, um, which is a pretty well-known publisher, but they dropped him because he was too difficult to work with, but he had developed enough of a a reputation for being able to write books that were, you know, popular that he got picked up um, pretty quickly soon after that. Um, He ended up, he and Patricia Neal ended up getting divorced, and then he remarried Felicity Dubrow-Crossland, um, yeah, so, and then he ended up 
dying in 1990. Um, and it says he left a wealth of unpublished manuscripts. And I am wondering mm. if these manuscripts have been finished and published or published unfinished anywhere. Um, I'm kind of curious about that. I have no idea. Um, but something that this, the author of this, I should probably say this biography was, it's from the Library of Congress. I don't know if it actually says who wrote this biography on here. We should probably give credit to them. Um, but I thought it was interesting that they drew the, they drew a similarity among all of his work that he tended to have a lot of grotesque humor and people in his uh, stories, whether it was children's books or short stories or adult novels, um, people tended to get their proper comeuppance. So if they were a good character, you know, they, they got what they deserved in the end. If they were a bad character, they also got what they deserved in the end um and they gave some examples like and some ones that I didn't even remember like I've read the twits I don't remember the twits ending with their heads glued to the ground at the end spoiler sorry (laughs) (laughs) spoiler alert um but you know what I mean and like big like if you think back to Charlie and the Chocolate Factory when Violet turns Violet and into a giant blueberry, or when Augustus uh, drowns in the chocolate. Well, he doesn't drown, right? But he goes into the chocolate fountain. But just he all went of happy, yeah. He <laughs> or in Matilda when Brucey has to eat the whole chocolate cake to the point of illness. Yeah. So like, but you all can do of... it, Brucey. Yeah. Or the Trunchbull, you know, being such a superstitious person and getting her comeuppance with all of the uh, super paranormal. I'm putting air quotes around that because we know Matilda ended up being the one to make it look like there was a poltergeist in the house, right? Um, But I'm trying to remember, like, I read all of these books as a kid. I'm a little horrified by that now as an adult, but I wasn't as a kid. So I'm wondering um, why you guys think that might have been that like when we were kids we didn't register that maybe just they were so ridiculous that we didn't think it could be done or it just the punishment fit the crime too well I don't know it's an interesting question but like even like when you go back and watch like old Looney Tunes cartoons I watch those now and I'm like holy crow these are so violent right mm-hmm. not no it didn't just that kind of stuff doesn't necessarily register with a kid like the gravity of what would actually happen if you had an anvil dropped on your head yeah yeah like is the it, reality it, i think i think it's just life experience and yeah. reality and learning to flex the empathy muscle i don't know yeah i think too this is only speaking personally. I don't think this is necessarily true for everyone, but remembering back to when I was a kid reading stories like that and watching TV shows, there was a certain amount of me just trusting that that was safe content for me and not, not thinking past that, you know, it was 
it was in the, the children's section of the library. So it must be safe for me to read. None of this is scary. None of this is, you know, dark or disturbing. It just, it just didn't register that way because I had a certain level of trust and I, I wasn't mature enough of a reader or a, a content consumer yet to question that. I don't know. For me, I think that's, that's part of what it was. I don't know if that's true for everyone. Yeah, I think that probably makes sense. Like, Mom and Dad said it's okay for me to watch right. this or read this, so it must yeah. be fine. Yeah. Yeah, I think, yeah, that definitely has a role to play. I was thinking that, too. Like, if Mom and Dad were letting us do it, though that isn't necessarily always true, because we grew up watching Robin Hood Men in Tights, and that is definitely <laughs> not a kid's movie. We didn't get any of that humor, though. Yeah, we didn't. No, no. <laughs> But yeah, that level of trust, like, it's in the house. This is for me. It's fine. Julia, did you find anything on Patricia Neal? She is in Breakfast at Tiffany. I think that was the best known thing um, that I saw on her filmography. Yeah, I think that's when I looked through, scrolled through through some pictures of her, I definitely recognized her. And that must be where I recognize her from because I wasn't familiar with the other movies on her filmography. This is pretty, pretty good uh, feather to have in her cap. That was not too shabby of a movie. No. Yeah. (laughs) Still very popular. Yes. All right. Thank you, Megan, for, for sharing that, that history and, um, biography of Roald Dahl. It was really My good information. Thank you. All right. So now we're going to slip into our roundup. And what we wanted to do was just share from each of our, our own personal memories and experiences, some enjoyable encounters that we've had with Roald Dahl. So Julia, how would you feel about going first? Sure. Um, so when I was thinking about this, a couple of experiences came to mind. Though I've already talked about reading Matilda. That was the first like, major book that I read myself and it was made me very happy. Um, but there was this other time that I remember. Um, wasn't long after I became a huge San Francisco Giants fan. Go Giants. Um, that I was reading <clears throat> Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Watching one of their games. And I was convinced that the Giants were scoring because I was finishing every chapter with them doing something exciting in the game. So I just, (laughs) for three hours, I sat and I read that book and the Giants won by a large margin. And I was like, this is great. Um, Can I ask? It's only dumb if it doesn't work. Yeah. Yeah, true. Uh, Ballpark. I'm just curious. Sixth grade? Okay. Seventh, sixth or seventh grade? I was just curious. I don't know why. <laughs> That's some of the most fun parts about being a fan of a, a sports team is even if you're not there feeling like you make yourself part of the process, part of the win. Mm-hmm. Whatever the, those little rituals and things that you do to to play your part it's it's just kind of a cool experience collective experience mm-hmm. yeah um maybe i'll have to pull out charlie and the chocolate factory again this season but they don't seem to need too much help from me to win this year <laughs> sure <laughs> they're doing hurt. very well yeah couldn't hurt. um 
And I had one more experience I wanted to share, and this one involves Megan. Um, I was listening to um, the BFG as an audiobook CD, and I happened to have it on in my car, and she was getting in. I don't remember where we were going, but the it was in the middle of the book, and I just remember the two of us laughing out loud at the narrator um, reading the part about Sophie's dream, and she and the BFG are just having this hilarious back and forth, and it was just very well acted, and Megan and I were just laughing the whole time. There is a remember. Pretty, I know. Pretty, it was fairly, was within the last six, seven years, um, they re-released a lot of his books on audio mm-hmm. with um, really good well-known performers, performers um, like Kate Winslet did Matilda, and I don't remember, I don't remember the gentleman that read um, the BFG, but very good. I feel like it should have been Neil Patrick Harris if it wasn't. It wasn't. It was all British actors. Oh, okay. Yeah. That uh, was the, were there a lot of uh, Roel Dahl created words in that conversation? No, it was more like just the back and forth of, of this giant and this little girl going back and forth and going, and then, and then, it was just, <laughs> just the way, the way it was written and the way it was read was just really... The delivery, good comedic timing. Nice. Nice. I might need to listen to that one again. Megan? Me? Okay, so I have a couple as well. Um, The first one, I'll go in chronological order to when they happened for me. I've talked about a lot of Roald Dahl experiences as well. Um, The first one isn't necessarily about engaging with any of the stories that he wrote, but it was, he was kind of the first author that I felt like I connected to in that I just wanted to keep reading everything by him and I wanted to learn about him and about his writing style and about his storytelling techniques. And so I was in probably the third or fourth grade um, and I started looking up information about him just like basic google search like where was he born when did he die Um, like where did he live and I wasn't I when I did the search I wasn't even sure if he had uh, died or if he was still alive but I found out that he died in 1990 and I was like I was born in 1990 did I take his place like oh, gosh yeah like I had very <laughs> morbid thoughts I, I think a lot of kids do probably but like just the fact that you know I was born in the same year and not like what day did he die says it here um November 23rd 1990 so I, at first I was like oh we had a little bit of overlap there like I was born in April he passed away in November so like Anyway, that was my first kind of, he was my first author that I wanted to like, you know, learn more about him rather than just his characters and his stories. Um, so that that's the first one. And then the other, one of my other favorite experiences was in college, actually. Um, I had one of my favorite classes that I took was uh, Lit Theory. And the focus of that was literary criticism and learning all of the different techniques to analyze 
um, literature. And the professor had us pick at the beginning of the semester, we could pick any short story we wanted. She had to approve it, obviously, to make sure that it would work with what she was going to have us do. But I chose the short story by him called Lamb to the Slaughter. And it was an adult short story. This is not a children's story. Um, and I, I chose that one and wrote like five different essays analyzing it in different uh, different techniques of analysis. Um, don't ask me to tell you which ones they were because I don't remember. Um, but I, I really I just really enjoyed um, taking that story and dissecting it from different points of view. So yeah. Okay. Random thought before I jump into mine. Um, I had not had as much or any really backstory information about Roald, Roald Dahl before listening to your uh, research that you'd done. I don't think I realized that he was British. Mm -hmm. I think well, because of yeah. all the movies that I've seen are, you know, American actors and Except for, I'm trying to think if there's any, James and the Giant Peach, maybe? I don't remember. It's been so long. I don't remember if... Well, if the witches, there aren't they? The main boy and his grandmother are from Wales, which is... Okay. He's, from, he's from Wales, but I think grew up in England. So I don't, I don't know if he would have claimed being British That's or Norwegian. That's um, a good point. Okay. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah, I just thought that was interesting. Yeah. Anywho... So my experience that I wanted to share, because like Julia, I've shared a couple on prior episodes of, you know, my, some of my earliest experiences with reading and, and my favorite um, books from that time of my life. But I had kind of an interesting experience in my adult life as well. R remember, you know, like, feels like forever ago, but remember when we used to like get on planes and go places? <laughs> I, mean, I guess it happens every now and then now, but not quite like it used to. Um, I was flying to, I, I looked back at kind of the time frame on this because I couldn't remember where I was going, but I, I think I was either flying to or back from the East Coast on a business trip that I was on. And I sat down into my seat and I went into the the uh, the pocket on the, the the back of the seat in front of me to slide something in there and lo and behold there was a copy of the bfg that someone had left there and it was one that i hadn't read and i knew that it was one of megan's favorites if not is it your favorite mm -hmm. it's your favorite yeah. yeah um so it was it was just kind of a a whimsical moment that i i just realized oh there's serendipitous i i have something mm -hmm. to read and then it wasn't long after that that the the movie came out and I remember going to see that as a family and sitting next to dad during any fart scene is just delightful. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and he just lost it. So I, I have fond memories of, of that for those two reasons. Guarantee he's losing it right now listening to this. <laughs> <laughs> it's a pretty he's probably, extensive he's fart like, scene, too. So it's like the, the last scene. I have to watch the movie again. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> But I'm sure he's picturing himself sitting in the movie theater, dying laughing. <laughs> it was the laughter that kept building because it was the scene that wouldn't end. It was, yeah. I, I think they were with the royal family and there was some sort of bubble the juice that they got. Things yeah. or something and they were like, like that, levitating yeah. that they were farting so much. Yeah. 
Yeah, he, <laughs> he was gone. He was gone. It, it's not crucial to the <laughs> <Kidding>. plot. <laughs> but it was, yes, it was delightful to see him just laughing so hard and, and so joyful. So that's that's what I wanted to share. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Roald Dahl. Yes, thank you, Roald Dahl. May you rest in peace. All right. Are we ready for the main event? I don't know. Are you ready ready for this uh, (laughs) killing? That was a smooth segue. Okay. So would we like to talk about all of the books that we brought to to chat on our our summer reading list? Or do we want to kind of go around book by book and... Share one at a time. Oh, let's go person by person because we don't have each have the same number. Okay. All right. Let's go in the same order we've we started the show in. Julia. Oh. Off to it. Well, spoiler alert. I have the most. <laughs> um, so I'm not going to go in depth about each of them, but I do want to mention them because there wasn't a single dud that I read. Um, so this summer I read a smattering of graphic novels, uh, children's chapter books, and one adult biography. So it's been a lot of kids' books, which is A-okay with me. Um, as far as graphic novels go, I read Batman, Whatever Happened to the Caped Crusader, by Neil Gaiman. And that one was interesting. Um, I think it, it, I don't know if you would call it a series, but it was, uh, DC did a couple of runs of their, like, big superheroes that it was kind of a Batman story, in that the character's name was Bruce Wayne, but it wasn't the Bruce Wayne. But it kind of followed this character and, like, paralleled Batman's story, but it wasn't it wasn't Batman, if that makes sense. It doesn't make sense. I'm looking it's at comics. space right now. Go, for, yeah. go with it. Everything just, makes sense in comics. Yeah, I, I thought it was an interesting way to tell the Batman story without it actually being Batman. Um, So there's my muddled review. If you like Neil Gaiman, you like Batman, I think you'll like this book. So fair Um, Yeah. I also read My Brother's Husband by, I'm going to say this wrong, Gengoro Tagami. Um, And this is like a a manga style uh, book and it's about um, this man and his daughter um, get a surprise visit from the main character's brother's husband and it's just all about um, the main character coming to terms with his and, and he's Japanese, which apparently it's it's not um, exactly 
what's the word I'm looking for? Accepted. Homosexuality is not exactly accepted in their culture. So um, the main character kind of has to come to terms with being okay with that and like kind of finding, he kind of gets to know who his brother was by getting to know his brother's husband. And it's just a very cute story. I would recommend that. Like if you're looking for something to read during Pride Month, pick up this book. Um, I also read for graphic novels. I read the first two books of Sweet Tooth by Jeff Lemire. Woo-hoo! Yeah. And that's a good book. And now it has been turned into a Netflix series. So I'm going to read the third book before I dive into the series, but I'm enjoying it. It's more of a horror graphic novel. Um, not for kids. Um, but I would say I would say though that the TV series is a little bit more closer to all ages than the graphic novel. They they definitely lightened it up a little bit for the show. There's still some some heavy concepts and um, and things going on, but there's no real graphic violence. There's some language, um, but the the overall tone and character development is a lot lighter in the show than it is in the, the, the graphic novel series. Cool. Thanks, Kate. Mm-hmm. And I also very excitingly, I listened to one of the three books that was on my, um, when we talked about what books we we're going to read for new year's. Oh, you overachiever. Remember if you remember, if you pride and prejudice, no withering heights. No, I that wasn't that one. I did was it Jane Eyre? I don't remember. I did that one too. I'll have to look back at my Goodreads. Um but I listened to The Trials of Morgan Crow by Jessica Townsend, which is the first one of the Nevermore series. Oh, and yes, I remember um, It's okay. <laughs> it was a meh. It was kind of a meh. It didn't really make me wanna continue on with the series, but I got it off my currently reading list which was the goal <laughs> satisfying yes and i also read uh the rise of zombert which was a fun children's book i don't know if you know this about me but i kind of like zombies and this was a zombie well, cat oh that makes two of your favorite things only a little bit better Um, and that one was the first one of a series so I'm interested in going to see what happens in the next one because it's just kind of building the world and um, introducing you to Zombert and you're still kind of guessing like why why is he the way he is don't know yet gotta find out and I also read Front Desk by Kelly Gang which was a cute story. Um, It's about a Chinese family that ends up um, managing a motel near Disneyland. And the daughter, she's in fifth or sixth grade. I don't remember what grade she's in. She's in, she's either in middle school or the end of elementary school. Can't help you. I know. (laughs) Um, and she just figuring out how to help her family and she, it kind of, she kind of reminded me of like a squirrel girl character. 
mm-hmm. um, because she always wants to help people and gets down to the root of why somebody is doing what they're doing and is relentless until she figures out a good outcome. So if you like Squirrel that. Girl, you might like this book. Um, I also read Look Both Ways, A Tale Told in Ten Blocks by Jason Reynolds. Um, who's a great author and this one was cute it was all this it wasn't like a continuous story it was like 10 short stories like kind of yeah but they all went together and all these kids go to the same school and um but the the connecting thread between them all was um was a school bus dropping from the sky so Hmm. Um, it was good and for kids books I also read Ra R.A. Ra the Mighty Cat Detective which are I also quite enjoy Egyptian mythology mm-hmm. and cats mm-hmm. and detectives so <laughs> clearly I had to read this hold on and, pause mm-hmm. Did you ever read the short story I wrote in fifth grade about Salem, the detective cat? I don't think I knew this existed. I'll have Megan's to find been them. holding out. Seriously. Well, okay. Spoiler alert. He, uh, what I remember most is that I, I think his name was Salem. I can't, Merlin. <laughs> but it was a black prob- cat. I don't remember. It was, yeah. it was a, sorry, what were you going to say? You probably were stole it right from Sabrina the Teenage Witch. <laughs> probably. Um, but or at least we're heavily influenced by. He was tracking a criminal into the butcher shop. And he was also, he had a sidekick goofy dog who was dumb. The cat was the brains of the operation. And the the criminal almost locked the dog in the freezer. But Salem stuck his tail in. And the door didn't actually close. This does sound vaguely familiar. But he had to, and obviously the criminal got caught, and he had to have, or the cat had to have multiple reconstruction surgeries to get a straight tail again. (laughs) Sorry, continue. How do I follow that? (laughs) Raw the Mighty Cat, Raw the Mighty Cat Detective by Amy Butler Greenfield. Uh, I'm almost done, guys. Um, and I also listened to We Are Not Free by Tracy Chi, um, which is about, uh, American citizens being interred, interned, interred, I think interred, interred, forced into internment camps. Yes. During World War II. Um, and took place in San Francisco as well, which always makes everything. I'm a sucker for a San Francisco location. Um, And then lastly, I want to mention that I devoured, listened to Forever Young by Haley Mills. Oh, you're done with it already? Just about. I'm like 75% done, and it has been lovely. Nice. I highly recommend the audiobook because you've got Haley Mills reading to you what she's could just be telling you yeah she's just telling you her life story nice so I'll yeah be listening to that when you're done i good 
<laughs> Megan, you should listen to. Okay. And yeah, so I've been busy, guys. Yeah, nicely productive. Yeah. Very productive summer. Mm-hmm. Meg, what'd you do? I did not have as productive of a summer in regards to reading because I was busy getting married. Um, also, yay. Yay. <laughs> uh, but a, a few books that I read this summer, and then I do want to talk about the two that I'm currently reading. Um, so the first one from specifically from summer was a book called Confess by Colleen Hoover. Um, this one was, I loaded it onto my iPad um, using the Libby app before leaving for my honeymoon to Poland. Um, and I read it on both plane rides and then also a, like a few smatterings in throughout the throughout the trip when I just I just needed to read. Um, and it was good. I wouldn't say it was my favorite book of all time. I think I've read Colleen Hoover wrote. I'm not remembering the name of it, but it was a, a I, I've talked about a Colleen Hoover book in the past, and I, I liked I that one too, more. I have too, and I can't remember the title of it either. I think it, I think it was the one that I read. Yeah, because I got it in a Once Upon a remember Book Club. Remember Me or something? Yes, Remember Me. I got it in a Once Upon a Book Club box, and I think you read it for like a separate book club on Facebook mm-hmm. or something. Yeah, that one was really good. This one was also good. The premise of it was kind of cool. It has two protagonists, one female and one male, and it kind of goes back and forth between uh, their perspectives. And... um the male protagonist is an artist who uh, paints people's confessions. So he has this studio where people, um, he has like a little mailbox and people will anonymously write their confessions down and give like slip them into his mailbox and he just picks ones that inspire him and he turns them into paintings. Um, and the, the female character is one that... Um, she just recently moved into the city that the the male artist is and we don't quite know why she made this move yet because it's clear she's having financial issues and that she probably wouldn't have had those financial issues if she had stayed where she was but they end up crossing paths and falling in love pretty instantly um and the rest of the book is kind of them navigating their love story which has some bumps along the way it was good again I wouldn't say it was my favorite favorite book but it was definitely a great summer read um you know summer romance that wasn't your typical predictable um hallmark movie romance yeah so it was good I, I would recommend it if you're just looking for a, you know, a, I wouldn't necessarily say that it's light, but if you're looking for one that's not going to hurt your brain too much and not make you think a whole lot. Um, and then another book that I read this summer was Immoral Code by Lillian Clark, and this was a YA that um, I really enjoyed. Um, it follows, this one also, interestingly enough, I didn't realize this before, but that these two books did this um, as, and I read them back to back, but Immoral Code also shifts perspectives each chapter, um, but it shifts between, I want to say, four 
different characters and they're all high school students and one of the, they're all best friends and one of them is like an absolute genius and um she gets into MIT but she's not able to go because her father who she's been estranged from her whole life um when she fills out the financial aid forms they find out that he's like absolutely rich like he's rolling in dough and because it appears that she's not poor she doesn't get any financial aid because of um her father's money and one of the other friends in their little circle of friends is really really good at writing code and she uh plans this extravagant um almost like a Mission Impossible type thing where she writes this code to be able to steal like a couple cents a day from his company to be able to cover the cost of her friend's um, MIT tuition, basically. Um, so it's it was really good. I enjoyed that one a lot. Um, and then the third one that I finished was uh it's called before the ever after by Jacqueline Woodson this is a novel in verse that Julia helped me find because I'm looking I'm trying to do a lit circles unit in semester two and I want them all to be novels in verse with um diverse characters also written by um authors of color and I was having a hard time finding a third option. My first two options are um, Other Words for Home and Inside Out and Back Again. Um, and I just needed a third option. And this one was really good. It's about a, a young boy whose father is an NFL player um, who ends up getting a few too many concussions. And it's kind of the the boy navigating or relearning his dad after his dad is kind of no longer himself because of all of these traumatic brain injuries. So also a really good one. And then the ones that I'm reading right now, um, first one is Clap When You Land by Elizabeth Acevedo, which was another book that was in the running for the um, novels and verse lit circles unit that I was talking about, but it's a little too mature for my seventh graders. So that's why it's no longer in the running, but I'm going to finish reading it. It's really good so far. This one also has two protagonists and shifts back and forth between the perspectives. I didn't realize that I read a lot of books like that. Um, <laughs> but they're, they, the two girls share a father and they don't realize it. Um, one of them lives in the Dominican Republic and one of them lives in New York City. And the father was traveling to go visit the daughter in the Dominican Republic and his flight crashed. And apparently um, there was an actual flight. Uh, it says in memory of the lives lost on American Airlines flight 587. So it's based on that flight. I don't know that I don't think it's based on like one of the specific characters or one of the specific people who were on who was on that flight, but yeah, it's really good so far. And then the last one I want to talk about, and it's probably the one I'm most excited about. I've been reading it every day in um, my classes because we do silent reading every day, and I had been leaving it in my classroom up until this weekend, and then I was like, I I, I just want to finish it, so I brought it home. Um, it's called Every Day by David Levithan. 
Have you guys ever heard of this? No, I haven't. No. Okay. It gives me a little bit of Una out of order vibes. Do you guys remember that one? Una out of order. Mm-hmm. Um, but the main character is a being who every single day wakes up in a new body and he lives that person's life for a day. And the, the main character, I say he, because the first time we meet them, they're in a, a, a male body. So like, it, it's just, that's how I met him. So I assume he's a he, um, but he changes bodies every single day. And in the first day that we meet him, he falls in love with a girl. Um, and it's the first time that he's ever wanted to put in the effort to know someone for more than a day. Because otherwise it's it's too difficult for him because he doesn't have really his own um, identity. Like he has an identity because he's a soul, but he doesn't have his own family he doesn't know who his parents are he doesn't know how he has come into existence because he switches bodies every single day at midnight um and he goes into male bodies and female bodies and it's just really it's really interesting um so does he he continue to pursue this woman throughout the rest of the story and uh, as other people yeah he does um and it's the first time she ends up being the first person that he ever tells like what his life is like Um, because every he goes into these people's bodies and his philosophy is pretty much like let's just not screw anything up for this person like let's just not make any waves let's go through their day and in as normal a a way as possible because he's able to access some of their memories and um, so it's not like he's in there every day and has to fake it till he makes it he is able to remember things that they've done um but it's it's really good so far that's a fascinating concept yeah and it's the first one of a trilogy so i'm excited to read this one and then also another day and then someday the next day (laughs) the next day Uh, before we move on to katie i just want to mention that colleen hoover book was called regretting you Mm. yes remember me yeah Gotcha. Yeah. That that fits that story much better than Remember Me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good edit there. Well, thanks for all the recommendations, you guys. It sounds like you've had pretty full summers and uh, gotten a lot of good reading done. I have done quite a bit myself, and the summer has kind of felt like the summer of completion because there's a few different series and, and things that I, I was able to finish. Um, one of them was the Magicians trilogy. I finally finished the third book, which I think I mentioned the first book in our very first episode. I've been reading this trilogy since we started the podcast. Um, so thank you, Courtney, for lending me all three of those. My friend Courtney, friend of the pod. Um, and that's the the last installment of the trilogy is The Magician's Land. And the author of that is Lev Grossman. Um, and I was I was really happy with the way it all ended. It, it felt very satisfying, and it, it was an interesting fantasy world that you get dropped into. Um, it, it's kind of you experience the magic without having to know how it works. Kind of, it's you know, it creates a, a world without really having a system behind it, so you can kind of figure out for yourself how it works and 
some of the 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 images that it evokes um, with with some of the things that happen in the story. I really just enjoyed um, kind of letting my imagination go. And a lot of times I I don't really like that because I like to have that painted really clearly for me. And I don't know, this was just a different experience. I I don't know, maybe I'm growing, but I think it was just the way it was written. I, I really enjoyed it. Uh, on the graphic novel side of the house and comic books, I've, I've got a few to mention. I finished the the current run of um, the comic book called The Dreaming, which is an offshoot of the Sandman universe. And this one was uh, written by G. Willow Wilson. I'm not going to try to explain it because it's really hard to explain. It's basically just... Um, kind of playing in the land of of dream world and um, you know Sandman is is in charge he's he's the um, kind of the being that's in charge of people people's dreams and imagine that as a, a whole other world so there's a lot of characters that get introduced into the universe through that that series and it was a good addition to the Sandman universe and I really enjoyed it um, I also completed the comic book series Ascender, which is by um, Jeff Lemire, and the artist is Dustin Nguyen. And Ascender is actually a, a sequel series to um, the, the previous series that I loved called Descender. And this is a sci-fi series where um, there's it's technology and magic kind of combine and are at war with each other. Um, and there's uh, the different different characters that you're you're following throughout that are having to navigate this and survive and kind of choose sides. And the characters are just so so lovable um, amidst all of this, you know, tragedy and, and chaos. And it's it's just really. And the the art is really what drew me into that. It's all watercolor, so it's just really gorgeous art. And then I also finished a series called The Avant Guards, which is another great book to pick up if you are looking for something to read during Pride Month. And that one is uh, the the last volume in that was called Down to the Wire. And the whole series was really great. The creator on that one is Carly Ustin, and it's about a women's basketball team at an art college. And there's a lot of things that the characters have to to do in order to continue even having a basketball team because there's not initially there's really not enough funding for it um, for the school. But the the uh, captain of the team is very plucky and determined, and she just wants to have this this community for her friends and um, her her love interest that that winds she winds up meeting on the the, the team as well um and it's it's just really adorable and you're you find yourself rooting for these characters throughout the whole story all right this last one is a bit of a cheat because i haven't actually read the book but it's made me really want to read the book i highly recommend on amazon prime a mini series called the night manager i'm late to the party on this this is from 20 15, 2016, maybe, but it is based on a British spy novel written by John Lacurry. Lacurry, it's his pen name. It's not even his real name, um, but it's L-E-C-A-R-R-E. 
uh, and it's again the night manager and it's starring Tom Hiddleston. It is fantastic. It's so good that I want to read the novel to then watch it again and kind of figure out what the differences are. And I'm, I'm that into it. So just wanted to recommend that even though I didn't actually read the book, it's made me want to read the book. Nice. And I've read other things, but those are the the main things I really wanted to bring and, and talk about and recommend. Great. Whew, we did a lot, guys. Woo! <laughs> All right. I think it's time to close out this episode. Uh, before we go, Julia has a little bit of a teaser for our October episode that she'd like to share. <laughs> <laughs> Spooky season. <laughs> We're very excited that a friend of the show, Jeff Bam, also known going- as Chef Mayhem. Exactly. Um, he is, you may know him from doombuggies.com or doombuggies the podcast um, or the Mousedalgia podcast. Uh, we are going to have him on because he is the, he is the haunted mansion expert um, and has also written a book about the haunted mansion at Disneyland called The Unauthorized Story of Walt Disney's Haunted Mansion. Which really is everything you'll ever need to know about the Haunted Mansion. And he is going to come on. We're going to talk about writing the book. We're going to talk about spooky stuff. It, 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 it'll be fun for October. Exciting. But it won't Excited be scary, right? Because no. if it's going to be scary, I won't be there. It won't be scary. <laughs> okay. It won't, won't be scary. Promise. We'll tell you when to mute us, Megan. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you, Megan and Julia, for joining me again for this lovely episode. And until we're in your ears again next month, everyone read, share, and repeat. Bye-bye. Bye. That brings us to a close on this chapter of Sibling Library. Thank you for listening. Until next time, let's read, share, and repeat. <laughs>